0: All right. Well, we are so happy that you guys are here and that you guys were brave to come to the first service because we knew it was going to be loud and we knew it was going to be crazy because, like I said, we are family, right? If it gets a little too loud and too crazy and you really think, okay, I really kind of feel like I need to step out, just remember that there is always the message playing in the uh, entryway that if you ever have to, you can go out there with your kids if you need be. So, um... Otherwise, we're really happy. You know, we're going to do communion today. And you can be like, what? Why? With all these crazy, (laughs) crazy things that are happening. But you know, we want kids to understand what communion is. The communion is powerful. You know, Jesus said, bring the kids to me, didn't he? He wanted the kids to come close. So we love the opportunity that we can actually come and do communion all together. Like I said, as a family, we're going to do it a little different today. You might be surprised at the elements. Maybe you notice when you're coming in that we're actually going to be using Nilla wafers and some white grape juice. But you understand that anything that we have can be really raised up and just worshiping God, that we love him and thank him for what he's done for us. So um, we're going to ask that when we do um, have the last song, when you come up, that you come up with your family and get the elements that you're going to need. And then you take them as a family. But you yourselves take them when you're ready together to, to take it together. So that's what our plan is, okay? So we're going to get started. I want lots of participation here. And I don't want boring adults not participating. I am a youth pastor. So understand, I expect participation. The kids in my youth ministry know when I'm like, hey, give me your opinion. And they don't say, say something. I said, I'm coming back to you. Find something because I'm coming back. I'm not going to let you duck out. You're going to have to give an opinion. So I'm asking adults, too, to participate in this. I just have a few questions. I want to start with things that we like to eat. We all like to eat. Don't give me nods like, well, I don't really like food. I'm gluten free on this. Even if you're gluten free, even if you're vegetarian, whatever, participate, okay? I'm going to ask you with a raised hand to tell me which you prefer. Okay? There's no right answers. It's just all preferences. It's just opinions, right? No big deal. So I want to start out with one. Do you like tacos? Or do you like pizza? Tacos? Pizza. Oh, I don't know. We think maybe maybe pizza won. I'm not for sure. Pizza might have won. Alright, maybe one that's not as popular with kids but we'll see. How many of you guys like vegetables or fruits? So vegetables. Fruit. Lots more fruit. All right. Now this is one that I think separates most of the crowd. I think you're either one or the other, okay? Chocolate or vanilla? So, chocolate. Vanilla. That's pretty That's pretty split. I'd say you guys are pretty split on that one. You guys really have like a split there on which ones you like. Pardon? Banana split, even better. Yeah, I can just combine them all. All right, so in honor of us going to be doing at the movies soon, something we normally have at movie theaters. Popcorn or nachos, okay? Popcorn? Nachos. Oh, I don't know. You guys are pretty split on that too, it's amazing. We have a really diverse crowd here of all different things that we like. So it's kind of interesting, is it, when you think about our food preferences. I think our food preferences, we all have different things, maybe things that we always get when we go to the movie. I cannot go to a theater without getting popcorn. It doesn't matter if I just had a 10 course meal. I'm getting show popcorn. It doesn't matter. It's just going to happen. But we all have differing opinions on the food we eat. And uh, I think the one thing that we can really be happy about is someday in the future when we go to God's kingdom that we're still going to be eating. Isn't that great? We're not gonna not eat, we're gonna eat. God's word says that we're gonna eat. He actually ate after he died. And he talks about in the end times, how that there's actually, when we get in God's kingdom, that there's gonna be a tree that has a new fruit every month. It's pretty amazing when you think of that. So we're gonna all eat. And I think most of us are really happy about that. One of the things that we know for sure is eating and sharing a meal is very important in culture. I think we can see that all through all cultures. And I think in America, in our American culture, we can see that pretty much all of our holidays are based in food, aren't they? Sharing a meal. I mean, from New Year's to Christmas, when we come together, we have all these different holidays that we share. And we eat these different foods. I mean, there's people that have black-eyed peas and New Year's. How many of you guys do that tradition? Do any of you? It's kind of a South thing, but some people do. Chocolate, obviously, we give to somebody for Valentine's, right? We give chocolate to somebody. Then there's people that have the St. Patrick's. If you're Irish, you have the corned beef and cabbage, right? How many of you guys do corned beef and cabbage? How many of you guys like corned beef and cabbage? Okay. There's not as many people that like corned beef and cabbage. Then we have Easter, so we have the Easter ham or the Easter turkey or things like that. Then all through summer, what do we have? Hot dogs, hamburgers, cookouts, potato salad, all those things that we get together and we eat. Then we have turkey, ham, roast beef, mashed potatoes and gravy. One thing I've found out when I teach youth group is when I ask people what their favorite food is for the holidays, Thanksgiving or Christmas, they always tell me mashed potatoes and gravy. People love comfort food, mashed potatoes and gravy. And every single birthday, what do we have out there? What do we have? Cake. Exactly. We all have cake to celebrate our birthdays. Now Cameron didn't have cake that much. Cameron was one of those interesting people that he didn't really prefer cake that much. But what he loved is when I made pumpkin roll. And I would make it for Thanksgiving, and he would tell me when he was a teenager, I'd rather you just make a pumpkin roll for me instead. So I'd make two pumpkin rolls, and that's what he'd have for his birthday instead. Still cake, kind of, but not the traditional cake. But you know, the thing is, our celebrations and our holidays, they're based on sitting down together at a table to eat. And like I said, I think it's because we like to eat. But maybe there's more of a reason for our celebrations than just that. Maybe there's more meaning behind us just eating the food. I think all of us can kind of, no matter how old or how young we are, I think we can think back to a meal or a holiday when our moms or our grandmas or somebody else that was special to us made the most delicious meal that you've ever, ever eaten. And it kind of makes you wonder, was the food really that amazing or was it more just amazing because of who we were eating it with? Who made it? Maybe it was more important for that reason. I mean, we all know there's good cooks and bad cooks. How many of you out there would say that you're a good cook? Fairly good. Fairly good. How many of you guys would say you're a bad cook? Now, kids, you can, you can jump in if you think your mom has a bad, good or bad cook. It's okay. It's okay. They'll forgive you. That's a whole Jesus thing. They have to. So, but not everybody is a good cook. I mean, I remember the first time I went to my uh, husband's Thanksgiving and their traditions were way different than what my traditions were because, like I said, mashed potatoes and gravy, were everything in my deal. The first time I sat down at Thanksgiving at his house, she had tater tots. And I was like, say what? No way, tater tots? So eventually I kind of moved my way and said, you know, I'll bring the mashed potatoes and the gravy if you want. So I got to eat what I wanted to. So I, I had a trick up my my plan here. Anyway, but you know, there's people, like I say that make really good food. Maybe at Thanksgiving, you had somebody that made a turkey like this. Good looking turkey. I'm gonna make you all hungry. Good looking turkey. But maybe you had someone that really didn't understand their stove or their timing and it cooked like this. Yes. Not so good. Or maybe you went to someone's house and they were super creative and they thought, we're really going to do something special here for this Thanksgiving, and made a turkey like this. <laughs> Downright ugly, is it not? So there is the good, there is the bad, and there is the ugly. First year, sure. I think if we had that come to the table, most of us would say, that's okay, I'm, I'm fine. I'll wait for dessert. We'll just wait for that instead. How many of you guys out there love mac and cheese? Mac and cheese lovers, me too, love mac and cheese. My daughter-in-law makes delicious mac and cheese. So there's people that make good mac and cheese. Looks good, looks good. Then there's people that make bad mac and cheese. What in the world is that? I don't know where they thought that would be a good mac and cheese, but there's definitely, you know, it's processed cheese. It doesn't even melt. I'd say that wasn't such a good plan. And then there's people that try to do something creative again and they do this ugly mac and cheese. It just looks so unappetizing, doesn't it? (laughs) Doesn't make you want to jump in and eat that at all. Well, maybe at your holiday, you had somebody that decided they were going to be really creative. You know, we always have those, those people that want to do something really special. They're, like, going to bring the one special meal. It's going to really just blow everybody away. It's so good. They're going to love it. It's going to be so creative. And old Aunt Betty brought something like this. It's just... <laughs> It's gelatinous goo, isn't that? I mean, that is just disgusting. I don't know who wants to eat shrimp and jelloey and eggs and ugh. I don't know what they were thinking about that. But you know, the thing is, all of this food, even the ugly food, probably seemed delicious to you if it was with somebody that you loved, someone that you cared for, someone that made it for you, or someone that you shared it with. You know, I think when we think back to the Bible, we can see that there were times where he fed people and it was probably just with old stale bread and probably a few dried up fishes. But can you imagine if you're with the savior of the world, the one who's going to die for you and the one who was there for you to give you hope, could you imagine how that bread and that fish probably tasted? I mean, Jesus is a miracle worker anyway, so don't you think he could probably freshen that bread up? he probably did. He probably made that fish have some spices and some good taste instead of it just tasting the way it did. I mean, it's interesting to me that just something like coming to the table together can be so special. But I think it's because it comes from God. And I think it's something that we're kind of losing in our culture, this idea that we come to the table You know, years and years ago, people did that. They would sit down and have a meal. But because our culture is so different with people working different times and and, and going so many different ways, we don't do that so often. But I think there's something special. That's why those holidays are so important, that we could sit down together, come together at the table and eat. I think something special really happens when we share our meals together. Because in it, we're not just nourishing our bodies, but I think there's something special that takes place because we nourish our souls inside of it when we sit down together. And we can see that this is something that happened really early on. I mean, this idea to sit down at the table is something that God planned right from the very beginning. From the very, very beginning, God had people sit down together at the Passover meal where they would come and they would celebrate the firstborn sons being saved and then the Israelites being um, pulled out of slavery and given freedom. And then it continues on in the Bible with Jesus kind of showing us over and over again where he would sit down with those people. We know that he sat down with Mary and Martha and had a meal. You know, I think Jesus was interesting because he sat down with those people we lo- he loved and loved him, but he also sat down with people that hated him now this could bring back a lot of memories of your own family traditions because <laughs> sometimes we don't always get along in our families but I think there's something special about trying and sitting down together anyway well Luke 5:29 says that Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them then you see that Jesus does another time in Luke 7:36, where he says one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And I think the very most important meal, obviously, was the Last Supper. His very last meal that he had with the disciples before he goes to the cross to die for everyone's sins. I have a little video for you guys, if you want to just pay attention up front.
1: and fed hungry people. He loved outcasts and taught everyone about God's kingdom. But the religious leaders didn't like his teaching and were jealous of him. They hated Jesus so much that they decided to have him killed. They gave 30 pieces of silver to Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, to hand Jesus over to them. Then Jesus and his disciples celebrated the Passover, While they ate, Jesus said, sadly, One of you will betray me. Surprised, they each replied, It's not me, Lord. It's true, said Jesus. One of you eating here will betray me. Not me, Lord, said Judas. You know it is, Jesus replied. Go, do it quickly. So Judas left. Jesus took bread and thanked God for it. He broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Remember me when you eat this. It's my body given for you. Then Jesus picked up a cup and thanked God for it. Everyone drink from this cup, he said. This is my blood, poured out so that sins may be forgiven. When they had finished eating, Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn together. Then they walked to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray.
0: You know, the, the message, the, the message of communion is simple enough for kids to understand. And I think we have to remember that the idea that this this Jesus who loves us so much was willing to die for each one of us so that we could be forgiven and we could have a life filled with joy and a hope. Well, Luke twenty-two, fourteen through twenty says, When the hour came. Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. I think we have to understand what's so important about that last supper. What's so important for us to take communion is it's all about him. It's all about what he was willing to do to die for each one of us. That he went to the cross, that he took the stripes that really were meant for us, he took them upon his back instead of us and gave us this hope. When he says it's his blood, it's his blood that makes us new. It makes us forgiven. Well, today, like I said, we're going to be asking you to come up. If you, uh, the worship team, wants to come up and and get started, we're going to finish with one last song. And while the song's playing, we're going to uh, have you guys, when you feel it's time and when you're worshiping, you can come up at, with a fam, as a family and pick up your Nilla wafers and your juice, and you can go ahead and you can take communion when you feel ready. But understand the reason why it's so special is because one, you're doing it together as a family, which is so important because it is important for us to have communion together. And also, too, that it's something that we're doing in remembrance of Him. It's not something we're just doing lightly. It's something that we're doing because we know that we have a Savior that has forgiven us. And like I said, it's okay. The one thing that you have to know is that you're you're welcome to take communion as long as you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And understand, I think there's some people who may say, oh, we don't know if we want kids to take it. understand Jesus said, let the little ones come to me. If anybody deserves probably to take communion. It's the innocence of children, right? So we want them to come up and we want them to take part in it. We want them to understand what communion means and that it's such a powerful thing. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the worship song and we're going to go ahead and have you come up and take your uh, communion when you're ready, okay? I was thinking if it's your first time here, maybe this is something you're like, man, this is not what I expected, understand that we do believe it's super important for us to come together to do what Cameron says, that we would actually show the kids, that we would be an example to them to what communion is and and how we worship God. It's super important for us to understand that. And I hope that you being here, I know it probably was distracting. I don't know how messy it is. I'm sure we'll find out when you guys all leave. (laughs) But that's okay, because isn't that what your family celebrations are all about? When you get together, I mean, we clean up for a long time after our kids and grandkids leave, but we would never change it or trade it for the world. You know, God wants us to be a family. And I think when he's blessed you with a family, we have to understand what a joy that is. And understand that if you're here and you're part of Acts Church, that we are family, we're family together, that we're here there to, to lift each other up when we go through tough times, that we're here to pray for each other and to help each other. You know, the early church, the Acts church, ACTS, they understood that needed to get together. God made a plan for them to come together, and it's in Acts 2.42. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Understand what they did was they simply got together. They simply got together. And I think in our culture, we're so willing to kind of live life alone, to keep saying, I don't need anybody. We do need each other. We have to be there for one another because as things get darker, we need to be there to shine the light when someone else gets a little dim. We need to be there to help them. So that's why we're always asking you to do things like join groups and and be part of the church and come in and serve because that's how you become family when you do the messy things together well let me pray for you well god you are so good we sing that song and i don't even think we have a minute bit of how good you are there's probably things that are happening in all us, all around us and you are protecting us and guarding us and helping us in our lives, Lord. We again, Lord, we thank you for these kids. We thank you, Father, that you're given a new generation to come up and praise you in their time that they have. We thank you for everything that you're going to do in our lives. We just pray that you pour blessings upon these families and blessings upon these children. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.